Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Tony Shebeki with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Lyle, hello to you. How's it going, mate? You going well? Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. Normally, I would also introduce our other co-host in uh, Welshie, who's not here tonight, but he has been responsibly replaced by Jeff from WrestleBrainer. Hello, Jeffrey. A very good day to you, Tony Ree. How are you, mate? A very good day to you too, my friend. Uh, we're excellent, thank you. And thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks for jumping in at uh, short notice. Not at all, not at all. Just a reminder that we are here on the Turnbuckle and we're presented by the Australian Wrestling Network. Ah, he, well, she gave you notes, did he? Yes, he did, mate. <laughs> <laughs> of course, don't forget, jump on the Australian Wrestling Network and you can catch some fantastic shows from the past and also shows of the future. Oh, yeah, everything's on there. Yeah. Everything's on there, Tony. You want the high spots network that's on there. You got documentaries, you know, EPW, their back catalogue, you know, some CCW and PCW Ultra, all the girls' shows from MCW from a couple of years ago. Well worth your money. That's Top to bottom, it's terrific. I do also want to uh, give a shout out to you guys because I thought the show last week with Jake Taylor talking about the Farley Dojo and talking about Japan was just a great listen. I think uh, I think he's it, it clearly shows how much people sacrifice to to even get their foot in the door to go to a place like New Zealand and and learn there and then and then to go on to Japan and and it's great yeah. great to to hear that. So thanks, fellas. Yeah. And uh, he was he was so open with it as well. Like, you know, and he mentioned it in there, like him chasing his dream of wanting to be a contracted wrestler or a wrestler on a bigger stage. It, you know, cost him a relationship in the process of mm. training. You know, it's these guys and girls, they're sacrificing a lot to chase their dream. And for Jake to be open and willing to share that with us and our audience, uh, yeah, very commendable. It's just a shame that I didn't record part B. 
was the stuff we spoke <laughs> about. Leave, 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 leave that on the edit room floor there, Tony. That's enough. Stop talking about it. <laughs> Some good stuff. Uh, all right, gentlemen, joining us now is a man who is currently the PWA heavyweight champion, a title that I'm sure he treasures dearly. Would you please welcome to the podcast, Ricky South. Hello, Ricky. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, gentlemen. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, Tony, spot on. The PWA Heavyweight Championship is probably my most prized possession. I have no doubt it is. Uh, you've had it now, I think, for just nearly on two months. Tell us about the feeling of being the heavyweight champion for PWA, one of the premier wrestling uh, promotions in Australia. Um, many, many uh, mixed emotions and mixed feelings. Um, uh, straight away off the bat, it is a great honor. Uh, I do feel uh, privileged to represent the company and uh, hold this uh, title that a lot of other um, prestigious wrestlers have held in the past. Um, but you know, I, I feel like it's a lot of validation for a lot of hard work and dedication and time I've put into it. So there's that as well. And, and just, if I get down to the bottom, it's pretty damn cool. Like it's bloody amazing to, to finally have the, my own heavyweight title for my home promotion. I, you know, it's one of those things where six, seven years ago, when you start and you have a goal and you kind of achieve that goal, it's pretty damn awesome so i, I uh, usually answer that with a lot more um uh swear words i don't know if we're allowed to cuss here but i'm gonna try and keep, <laughs> you can swear it's I'm gonna try and keep it on the level I, I have a bad thing of swearing a little bit too often when i just talk casually but yeah it's it's, it's pretty damn cool uh, just another one for me before i pass it over to the boys the other thing about winning the heavyweight championship is all of a sudden you become the hunted instead of the hunter. Is that a different frame of mind for you and on how you now tackle your wrestling? Um, most definitely. Um, and, and it's weird. My preparation and my um, training has always been geared towards, uh, you know, whoever that champion is or, you know, the term is, you know, uh, the top dog or whoever's on top of the mountain. Um, but now that it's me, uh, I feel like I got to uh, train harder and obviously put in more hours to kind of stay ahead. And uh, so many people are chomping at the bit and catching up and, you know, trying to take my spot and take the belt. And man, I got to do everything in my power to make sure uh, no one's ever going to actually come close. So it is a, a different world. It's a different beast, but one, I am, uh, more than welcome to uh, take on board. Now you beat um, <clears throat> you beat Ug, someone who, for all intents and purposes, was pretty unbeatable up there in PWA. And you beat him in one hell of a match. What was your preparation like for it? What did you what what did you change your training? Did you? Yeah, I I, I did change my training. Um, Jeff, I'll just quickly mention I beat him twice. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that. Yeah, yeah, there, there, Jeff. <laughs> like a lot of the uh, other uh, wrestlers and the boys in PWA have uh, been quick to note. Ever since I've won this PWA title, my ego seems to have just randomly just expanded or enlarged quite significantly. So, yeah, just, that's a that's a hard left. Um, but 
a couple months prior to that match, I did go through a little bit of a, a situation where I was looked like I was possibly going to have some sort of um, surgery or uh, go under the knife or um, have something, uh, some serious sort of um, uh, treatment to my neck. Uh, I, I was just lucky enough to at least don't not be stupid. I took quite an extensive break from wrestling. I changed up uh, my um, uh, my wrestling set, my maneuvers, my training. Uh, I changed up uh, my neck neck strengthening and training uh, to adapt to that. But more so as well as I really tried to amp up my uh, in ring cardio. Um, because I know uh, as much as uh, K-Man Ugg is a killer and a brute, I know that man hasn't got me anywhere near the, the gas tank that I got. So uh, my biggest uh, focus was really just trying to amp that up because I knew if we went 20 minutes deep, 30 minutes deep, or even longer, that man's going to die real quick. <laughs> now, there's a there's an amazing... Uh, photo out there of you on your hands and knees cradling the title after you won it uh, taken by new photography studios can you take us through the emotions of right in the center of that ring when you're on your hands and your knees and you finally got that title in your hands uh, I, I, I shit you not um, the three count was happened boom, and there was uh, two or three seconds of just pure like ecstatic raw emotion and just a relief but immediately after the thought of all right what's next the thought of i need to work hard the thought of just someone is already gonna eye me out and try and come for my title and immediately my thought uh, was obviously the winner of the rumble like someone's gonna want to come challenge me and as it turns out sam osborne um, I've got my eye on him. I don't know who he's going to pick, me or Jess, but yeah, the immediate thought was pure joy and then followed by an absolute quick, sharp, you know, shift to reality. Of, all right. Oh, damn. Who do I got to beat? Who's next? What do I got to do to uh, keep my title? That Sydney roster runs deep. Uh, it's, a, it's an impressive roster. As we all know, who uh, who has you worried, if anyone? Look, I don't, I don't want to say uh, worried because um, I, I I don't think worrying is the right term. But I definitely have my eye out on people as uh, people I just need to keep an eye on and have a game plan for. Um, someone like Sam Osborne, most definitely. Um, the likes of Mick Moretti, Jack Bonza. Uh, most definitely as well. Um, even the likes of uh, some people that were not accustomed to, um, you know, uh, wrestling for the PWA title. Like, I've got my eye on Back Pain, uh, Jack Payne and uh, Backman. Uh, even though they're in the tag team division, they can easily just uh, wreck shit just uh, by themselves. Um, the likes of Carter Deems, Lucci, uh, Matt Rogers, um, there are a whole heap of people that I am just trying to keep an eye on and keep uh, uh, a pulse on what they're doing and uh, what their motives and objectives are. Um, and someone even like Jessica Troy, uh, 
I'm going to keep an eye on what she's doing. And uh, if she wants to kind of uh, try and venture out and uh, into my land, then I got to be able to be prepared for something like that. So land. She, sorry, Tony. Um, Jeff, I was just going to say, it's an interesting question you bring up though, Jeff, because it's not just inside the PWA Waster where the, the issues are going to be for Ricky South. There's a lot of people outside that roster that would love to get their hands on such a prestigious title. So there's going to be challenges coming from all over the place. Uh, I, I do anticipate that, but something I also want to uh, reiterate is um, a lot of people don't have to come to me to, uh, to challenge for the title. I really want to make it a goal of mine to uh, uh, venture out and uh, bring the challenge to others. Well, you, you came down to PCW earlier on this year and you had a banger of a match. Um, any, more, any more plans? And, and you've just mentioned that you want to go out. And ironically, there was a name you didn't mention in, in that great list of, of people. And he's still in Australia, and that's Robbie Eagles. What if Robbie comes knocking? Uh, you know what? Uh, to answer the first part, I would love to come back to PCW. Um, I kind of regret not... Uh, beating Mark Cage for the national championship. I would have thought it would have been a great thing for me to be uh, the Fight TV champion with PCW on Fight TV, PWA on Fight TV. I would have loved to be the champion of both. I would have, uh, I would have built myself as the Fight TV champ. Um, but Robbie Eagles, you know what? Um, it's all it's all well and good. I, I, I love him. He's done so much for Australia, but... In PWA, you don't rest on your laurels. You don't uh, you don't get a title shot just because you're in chaos. Uh, you don't get a title shot just because uh, you're buds with Okada and Tanahashi. Um, the last singles match that that man had, he didn't win. Uh, I can't remember the last time he had a singles match in which he won. Um, yeah. So in, in my book, he's not at the top of the list. It sounds like, Lyle, the uh, challenges don't have to come after Ricky. He's thrown out the challenges himself. I like it. I like it. You know, and trying to uh, take, take that belt to other states as well and hit the competitors head on before they can come and hit you. That's, that's smart. Getting on the front foot. I like it. Getting on the front foot and hopefully surprising a few other people uh, along the way as well. Um, you know, uh, and as, as I said before, um, the PWA title has been... Uh, quite inactive over the um, last sort of 18 months uh, with COVID and uh, other occurrences. So my goal, again, is to ramp the, the presence of the PWA title and the championship up and uh, have that seen by as many eyes as possible. And I'm not talking about domestically. Uh, internationally, I want PWA and uh, the PWA title to be damn near the Best thing in indie wrestling going today. Now, <clears throat> this weekend, PWA does have an event uh, at the Velocities against Aussie Open. You and Wahlberg fought Aussie Open earlier in the year in what, again, a, a recurring theme, a banger of a match. Um, what, what are you, 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 you going to say to the Velocities? What, do you think they've got any chance? And uh, what do you think they need to do? Uh, knowing the Velocities quite intimately and knowing, obviously, um, how uh, vicious and dominating Aussie Open can be. Um, I've already passed on just not so much 
tips and tricks to the velocities, but just little uh, snippets of motivation. Um, and we all kind of study the game a little bit and we all kind of help each other out with techniques and uh, how we reckon would be the best sort of game plan or tactic to tackle uh, our respective opponents. But the Velocities have done their homework. They're not stupid. They're one of the best tag teams in the world. And they're coming up against arguably the best tag team in the world. So um, there's not really much I can sort of say in terms of, you know, Jude, Paris, maybe you should do this, you know. <laughs> you know short, short of them busting out a pile driver, I, I don't have uh, much advice. From them. And what are you doing this weekend? Are we going to see you somewhere there, tough stuff? Look, I, I, I've taken a, a, a exception to uh, a live Goober report, and I think that's uh, only a recipe for disaster for the crowd. Um, you know, and if by any chance something gets mentioned that tickles me or ruffles my feathers, then I would have zero hesitation to confronting good old Will Keaters. Interested in seeing that. Now, um, where, where where does tough stuff come from? Where does where does it seems like you pull your your influences and you've kind of got a mishmash of things to build tough stuff as as we see him. Where does he come from? Um, I I, I always like the fact that it's not just one inspiration. Um, tough stuff is an amalgamation of. Uh, my uh, most favorite wrestling influences, but quite heavily, again, it is very heavily influenced on a lot of pop culture, um, a lot of movies, a lot of music, a lot of my favorite ones. Um, a lot of that's just kind of blended in all together to create tough stuff and to create the visual persona or the visual character that you see um, every time you uh, watch tough stuff. Um, and you know what? I'm always uh, refining and always looking for the next iteration and the next form of presentation. You know, and I have this thing where I, I don't like wearing the same sort of gear two shows in a row as well. So always keeping people on their feet as well. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that because, Ricky, I, I'm going to bring up the elephant in the room. It's something that's been bothering me for a while. You hail from Oxford Street, which is, of course, is the gay capital of, of Sydney. You wear sequins, you wear lipstick, you're a pretty boy. I want to know, how do you choose the colour of your lipstick before a match? Is it based on how you feel? Um, you know what? I wish I could give you some very uh, deep, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, a deep psychological sort of meaning or a deep, uh, reason as to how I choose my lipstick and whatever, but quite honestly, uh, Priceline has a good little sort of five dollar. <laughs> five dollars, gee whiz, you uh, overspent. Oh, I, I know, I know. I, I once tried to look for green lipstick because I was wrestling a, a match against Mick Moretti. Oh, that would have been good. And obviously, Priceline don't have green, and I was looking at you know, um. I'm, 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 I don't even know if I'm going to say the right names, but I think like Sephora was one of them. Mm. These high-end makeup brands. And they're like, yeah, we got this shade of green for 130. Jesus. 
Surely Mick Moretti had green lipstick somewhere. <laughs> he would have he would have trialed that somewhere down the line, surely. I think that man just smothers green dye or, or just green paint or whatever, just green something. And he just smothers it on his mouth or his face. Well, he's not going to spend $120 on lipstick, that's for sure. No, it's a tight ass. So <laughs> you've mentioned that we could be seeing a bit of a new tough stuff, you know, a refreshed tough stuff. Mm-hmm. Is Gloria Gaynor going to stay? Will she survive? Will she survive? Good, good way to put it. You know what? Gloria Gaynor will survive with those who want it to survive. Oh. Mm. Yeah. It'll stay with all of us, you know, in person, in our hearts. But whether you hear that every time I come out, uh, copyright laws may... Uh, result in a possible change in that but <laughs> i have previously for one show only uh come out to a different theme music and i once came out to my own rendition and i personally sung it of uh oh ricky sorry oh mickey you're so fine <laughs> so you did the Mackie ito thing stood at yeah. the top of the entryway and sung it well no. I, I didn't like no i didn't see i had pre-recorded this <laughs> I pre-recorded sung it with my own lyrics the old, the old Tony Basil Mickey you yeah. reworded yeah it was basically oh Ricky you're so tough you're so tough you got the stuff oh Ricky oh nice <laughs> that I, is good. I sung an entire chorus and an entire verse and I thought it was going to be the greatest thing on earth <laughs> mate yeah. I've got to say we've seen plenty of great entrances in wrestling there's no doubt about it but out of all the rich all the entrances that I've seen in wrestling overseas and here, you seem to be the person that enjoys it just more than anyone. How much fun is it to be a part of your entrance? You know what? Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I think I, I stumbled upon having such a, a great uh, theme like I Will Survive. And I'm so grateful I did because it is such an upbeat song that's got such a good beat and it's such a good rhythm that just, you can't help but just get on board with it and sort of, you know it's it's such a visceral feel um but for those watching uh or listening uh wherever they may be and i actually took uh, a lot of inspiration for uh, my entrance off of um uh a well-known scottish wrestler grado um and one specific one uh, i don't know the venue it was at but uh, it was his uh grado berg entrance he comes out coming out like he's going to come out to Goldberg and then, man, Madonna's uh, Like a Virgin sort of intro starts to hit. Uh, it was Like a Prayer, I think. Oh, so, like uh, like a Prayer, sorry. Yeah, Like a Virgin, Like a Prayer. Yeah, Madonna. Um, I, I can tell you that um, the boys from on the turnbuckle are yeah. quite familiar with it because they ransacked a WrestleBrainia by doing that. Oh, mate, it's, it's amazing. And just, Great inspiration. I loved the idea of you have like hundreds and hundreds of hard as sh- nails and tough as shit Scottish blokes all losing their shit over Madonna's Like a Prayer. Nice. You know? And I thought like, what a fantastic uh, visual and what a great moment to experience. But speaking of uh, great moments, um, recently you've had a couple of PWA teammates uh, being signed 
and contracted uh, by the big company. What's it like, um, you know, you're training with these guys every day for years. What's it like, you know, seeing guys get contracts? You know what? And this may sound corny, um, but man, when your friends succeed, it, it just does nothing but really just warms your heart and just kind of makes you very, very happy and glad that the work that you have seen them put in and you've seen the, the trials and the tribulations that they have gone through and they've overcome all that and they have, again, achieved their goals, man, like that's just, that's just the best shit. Um, and on the flip side as well, it's very much a, a situation or a scenario of, uh, uh, I never said goodbye to uh, Steph Delander. I never said goodbye to Matty Wahlberg. It's always just very much of uh, a case of, I'll see you soon, you know? Because the way wrestling works is somewhere, somehow, sometime down the road, we'll see each other. Wrestling is very much a two-way street. And for a wrestler to succeed, he needs everyone around him to help, or, or her, sorry, him and her, to help them build up their persona, to build up their character, to be a part of the whole thing. Does it give you some sort of gratification to know that you played some sort of part in this for these guys? Um, I, 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 it, it is uh, rewarding. Um, uh, I, I very much am honoured to think that I played even a uh, minimal or uh, a fractional uh, part or influence in um, their development. And it's the classic saying, uh, a high tide rises all ships. Um, I don't think uh, Matty Wahlberg would have been where he was in PWA and where he is now if it wasn't for not just me, but a whole bunch of people in PWA, not only motivating him, but, you know, uh, inspiring him through competition to be better and look better and wrestle better and, you know, be better with a promo because everyone else is working pretty damn hard to be the absolute best. And uh, Matty Wahlberg has that mentality and so does SDL that um, uh, if everyone's doing the same, then they're going to do even more than what everyone's doing. And uh, it's obviously just highlighted with uh, where they are now. Now, uh, Jeff mentioned earlier that the PWA roster is stacked and if that's very deep. But taking uh, Maddie and a Steph out, uh, they're two big holes that you have to fill. Who are the young up-and-coming uh, academy members or you know, wrestlers who are already on cards that can uh, take those spots, basically? Um, great question and I kind of referenced a little earlier who I have my eye on um, to, to replace uh, some uh, a female uh, I think someone like Cherry Stevens is possibly or arguably uh, the most naturally uh, gifted wrestler that I have seen come across or come through the academy um, regardless of gender um, she's a type of person where it's quite literally you'll just show her something and then Miraculously, she'll just do it perfectly. First go. And then everyone else is just kind of around the academy, like shrugging the shoulders, hands up in the air, like basically, like, piss off. Get out. <laughs> you know, we've been trying that for, for weeks on end, and you just 
strolling on strolling in here. So, um, but also um, our sister company, uh, Newcastle Pro Wrestling, as well, uh, have a lot of upcoming um, uh, uh, female wrestlers like uh, Rita Stone, Shay Cassidy, as well. Um, I, I, I think uh, the female wrestlers that we uh, uh, are showcasing or showcasing through our academy or on Black Label is, uh, they're fantastic. Um, Steph DeLander leaving is definitely a massive hole and big shoes to fill, but I have all the confidence in the world that, you know, we have a lot of people going to step up. Um, replacing Matty Wahlberg, same thing. A bit of a challenge. Uh, some people may say it's actually quite refreshing having a little bit of silence uh, <laughs> around um, show days. Some people, not you. Oh no, I'll, I'll, I'll say every now and then it's it's quite refreshing. But what is is dearly missed is uh, Matty Warburg's intense drive and motivation. Um, he is very much the type of person where he will bring a different vibe to. Um, the day or to training or uh, to the show. And you can sense that when that vibe is there and when that vibe is not there. Um, there are a lot of people coming up to fill his shoes. Like I mentioned, people in back pain, Jack Payne, um, Backman, uh, Reese Angel, a lot of our green dingoes as well. Um, Nathan Pidgey, David Streamer, Marshall Luke, a lot of them are just uh, chomping at the bit to make their mark. And man, even some of our newest, newest trainees are already looking some of the goods. Well, so with Wahlberg now gone, does this spell the end of Generation Next? Or do you think it'll just take another iteration? No, um, I don't think it'll ever be the end of Generation Now. Uh, apologies. Yeah. No, please, please, please. Um, because I, I, I think it's very much of... Uh, uh, and continual ideology. I and uh, me and along uh, alongside a lot of other wrestlers on our generation now. Give it ten years time, I won't be in generation now. <laughs> that shirt is going to be worn by someone else who's probably not even uh, old enough to train at our academy, and they'll be wearing that shirt and they'll be uh, representing that uh, that brand or that ideology. Um, I was going to say, Jeff, in 10 years' time when you run WrestleBrainia and Matty Wahlberg has just won the Intercontinental Championship at the WWE, <laughs> the question can be, who was the last Australian that he tagged with before he left our shores to head to America? And, of course, of you've got course. the man, <laughs> the man right here. No, I reckon the trivia question could be, uh, who was yeah, who was in the ring when Matty Wahlberg had his sort of final match in Australia? And I'm meaning match-match. We don't count rumbles. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so you, you're, you're the champ. You're the figurehead. Who's next to go? Because obviously America is, is focusing on here, whether it's AEW or WWE or Ring of Honor, there's a big focus in Australia. Who do you think would be the next one to leave to go stateside when the world opens up, of course? Um. And, and you know what? I, I I don't say this as in I don't I don't say this uh, like this person has aspirations of going anywhere because um, 
what we have in PWA is such a unique feeling that we almost want to stay in here in Australia and you know we've worked so hard with, with where we've gotten so we want to just keep going um, but I'll say this um, if the velocities in a couple of years time aren't on my TV then uh, a crime has been committed if uh, Luciano isn't on my TV another crime um, someone even like Matt Rogers Matt Diamond um, those people if they're not on my TV I'm going to be pissed <laughs> and it seems like you're kind of originally when when I first saw PWA it was very much modeled on on uh, a, a younger wrestling fan uh, you know with masks and gimmicks and, and people like fudge who certainly has his place and is wonderful <laughs> hysterical guy yep um, but now it seems like you're moving more towards a cutting edge adult uh, adult oriented product is it, um, am I reading that correctly and and how do you feel about that yeah look you've now hit the nail on the head there um, we are moving towards a and more of an adult content or adult themed um, basis. Um, and that started all with the introduction of our black label shows. They are 18 plus. Um, but what that means is, again, uh, you're not going to see things that are, uh, that take advantage of that over 18s uh, sort of uh, um, theme. Um, because plenty of other instances in the past, man, if you get that over 18 or 18 plus sort of uh, green light, then all hell breaks loose. And then even I've been to over 18 shows and think like, geez, this is a bit far. <laughs> like, you don't need to do this. Like why? Um, I, I, I feel it gives us as wrestlers and uh, telling stories a uh, wider uh, opportunity and a much sort of deeper depth of um, storytelling for us that's available. Um, if we're only pan uh, pandering or catered towards uh, a certain demographic, then there's only certain sort of storylines and intricacies that we can really sort of delve into. So uh, with this uh, over 18s or adult theme, I think it's going to give us a, a lot more freedom to uh, uh, express ourselves uh, uh, a lot more greatly. Now, earlier on, you mentioned that you want to travel with the title and you want to, you want to become a national champion. Mm -hmm. Who are your, who are your dream opponents? Who, who would you, who that you've seen from anywhere in Australia and Hey, look anywhere in the world. Cause right now it's a, it's, it's a bit of a pipe dream, but who would you love to face for that PWA championship? Um, good question. And Jeff, I'm going to be a cop out. So I'm going to give you a fair few. I'm, Get happy with that. Um, number one, I would love to put Royce Chambers in his place. <laughs> I keep seeing that bloke. And like when I went down to PCW, I just saw him do some things. And again, things that I've never seen before. I'm like, oh, I would love to put him in his place. As, as much as I, I, I love the bloke. Like, oh, God. Um, someone like Damien Slater as well. Uh, I hold in high regard. I think it would be a great match. Um, someone like Tommy Knight as well. I haven't had the opportunity or the uh, fortune of wrestling him. Uh, internationally, man, I haven't really thought about that too much. 
Um, but uh, and I'm kind of going off top of my head here. Uh, I always have one uh, dream match, and it's always my number one. Uh, when he was in, w- in WWE, it seemed a little bit less likely, but even more so now. Uh, and I'm going to put this energy out to the universe because sometimes you put this shit out there. Sometimes it actually, like a boomerang, it comes back. I would more than have, more than happily put up my PWA championship anywhere in the world if I get to put it up against Chris Hero. Why Chris Hero? I mean, he's amazing. That <laughs> goes without saying. But why specifically Chris Hero? Um, two main points. Number one, uh, when I started breaking out and watching uh, the independent wrestling, I think Chris Hero was just um, almost just the figurehead of independent wrestling. I mean, between CZW, ROH, Chikara, uh, PWG, and everywhere in between, he was the guy. Um, his face was everywhere. He was, you know, almost Mr. Indie Wrestling. Uh, there are a few people who have that title, but I think Chris Hero is, for me, uh, the main one. But also because um, Chris Hero is very unique in the sense that he has such a well-versed knowledge and teaching of a lot of different styles in professional wrestling and a lot of different techniques. Um, and that adaptation has really inspired and motivated my work. Um, I uh, have a mentality or, or a different viewpoint for professional wrestling whereby I always want to uh, learn as much wrestling as possible from as many different styles. Um, so in the end, I can put all those styles together and create uh, a performance that is so unique that no one has seen before. And I feel like Chris Herrera has managed to do something like that. And I feel that would just be quite a uh, euphoric experience for me to uh, to uh, feel and experience. Is he aware that, that you know, you're nipping at his heels? As, uh... He is now. He's one of our most listened to people on the podcast. Yeah. He listens every big week. Big fan of the show. Big, big fan. fan of the show. Well, He'll find a, out. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I... Again, I feel like Chris Hero isn't a chump. I, I feel like he would have his finger on the pulse on what's happening in the world of professional wrestling. And I would probably be able to wager on it quite well that he would have somewhat of an idea on what's happening in PWA. Excellent. Not, not exactly by name or by who won what match, but I'm sure he would keep his finger on, his, on the pulse as to you know, the the buzz around uh, PWA and Aussie wrestling. Do you have a uh, do you have a favorite Chris Hero match that people can seek out and have a look yeah. at? Versus Ricky South. <laughs> uh, hopefully see that one in a couple of years' time. Um, let me think. Uh, so funnily enough, there was a four-way in Ring of Honor. And it was between him, I, oh, I'm going to hate myself for forgetting this. Him, Marafuji, I think Brian Danielson, and I think could have been someone like Nigel or Kento or Claudio. Uh, there was a four-way. Wow. And that's what I mean. Like, holy hell, you have 
all four of those talents, or all four of those wrestlers in one match, um, it's only destined to be fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his uh, uh, sort of storyline in combination with uh, the human tornado at PWG as well, that's that's the shit. That's the stuff. Like, <laughs> and he's, he's clearly a very big fan of comic books with some of the stuff he's done. So. Yeah. yeah. But funnily enough, uh, not a fan of comic books. Oh, I thought you were with, with some of the... Uh... No, I thought you were. Well, uh, let me let me rephrase that. Um, I don't want to say I'm not a fan. I just never got into them. Yeah. I, I I am a lot more into my uh, uh, comedy, my TV shows, my movies. I'm a bit of a movie buff and TV buff. So what's on the what's on Ricky South's binge list? And I ask this because it probably gives us an indication for some of those influences of your character. Um. So my most recent binge, my latest binge was uh, Money Heist. or oh, great show. De Papel. That was absolutely fantastic. And I also decided to watch it because I'm learning Spanish. And I thought, what better way to, again, immerse yourself in the language than to watch this program, man. Phenomenal. Like, uh, so we're going to see Ricky South come out in an orange jumpsuit <laughs> really soon, are we? You know what? I've just oh, fuck. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> is, uh, a little uh, overdone, but the reason why I just uh, um, uh, went off the handle a little bit. My very, very, very first match ever, and my very first match was outside of PWA. I wore an orange jumpsuit, uh, jumpsuit under a mask. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go there you go no I think um, I think that's a great choice and I think that um, I, personally I don't know if you've heard this but there is going to be a fifth season that they're going to shoot once things kind of yeah. return to normalcy I, thought, I, I was reading reports or reading things that like it was actually set to come out very soon oh really I know Elite has an, sorry guys I know Elite has another season coming out uh, in June but I didn't hear that about Money Heist I'll have to look again. The other one that I'm so keen for, um, and I'm a big uh, uh, advocate for this one, especially the finale, is Dexter. Mm. Dexter's Whoa. coming back. Whoa. You're the guy who likes it. The only one. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are others. There are others. I, I have found them out in the world. There are others that like that, uh, uh, that finish, that ending to that story. Um, so Saturday, you're gonna you, we we will see you on Black Label this Saturday at um, Velocities versus Aussie Open. Yes, indeed. One hundred live on fight, live on fight TV worldwide. Stacked card, very stacked card. What's what's it like uh, getting back to Max Watts? You know what? It's uh, quite an unreal feeling, like. The factory theatre uh, does hold some significance to PWA, but uh, it just hits different being at Max Watts. At uh, that mezzanine, that crowd, that atmosphere, that stage. Um, man, it just all builds to one unforgettable experience. Um, and the same for the fans. I, I feel like being around the entertainment centre, right opposite Fox Studios, 
pub right next door, uh, the beer house just again next door as well. It's a fantastic environment for the fans to be in. Um, and it's just such a killer night for everyone involved. So I'm so excited to be back there Saturday. Any back to full crowds at Max Watts? Um, yes, but uh, Sydney just got a. Uh, I heard that. Yeah. Oh, everyone's waiting with bated breath as to whether <sighs> any action is going to be taken. Well, let's hope. Uh, let's hope this show certainly goes ahead. Um, and you know, long may you reign. I mean. I'm, I'm looking forward to there. There was a match I just wanted to mention to you. Another one that because I'm you know I'm a fan of your stuff. Your match against Sean Custom, the opening match uh, 18 months ago, just blew me away. That is, I feel like a little bit of a sleeper match. That one. That just one. That one move he did, like the inverted suplex pile driver thing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Southern lights. <laughs> How you got up from that? <laughs> yeah. uh, strong neck, but <laughs> yeah. kind of back. Not afterwards. Maybe, maybe like a precursor to my my neck issues, but um, yeah, it, it was uh, such a fun match to have. Uh, I've had a few of those matches that are just the first match, you know, the curtain jerker. Um, and it, it's weird to say it, now holding the title but I love being the first match uh, for the sheer reason that I'm going to set that standard I'm going to set that fucking bar and I'm not going to set it uh, too high for the main event that they can't compete but I want to nail everything and everything I've been asked to do you sure as shit you better uh, expect that I'm going to hit it and I'm going to nail it and man uh, I'm going to knock it out of the park. The other one that comes to mind is my match with Davis Storm. Uh, oh, uh, amazing. A double header weekend yeah. Coliseum. Uh, biggest two, biggest show we've ever run over a weekend. And the very first match uh, of that weekend, Davis Storm and I. We were uh, there, weren't we, Law? We, we were there. That, yeah. that whole weekend, obviously, it was awesome. We did a live podcast. But anytime the big yeah. double header Coliseum brought up, my first thought is that Davis Storm and Ricky South match. It was so much fun. It was brutal in spot. It was amazing. It was. Yeah. So, like, I, uh, that's another match I hold uh, quite dearly to uh, to myself and uh, in the memory bank. I very much enjoyed that one. Well, mate, you've got... o- oh, sorry, Jeff, go. I was going to say, so the world opens up. You, you've got Chris Hero in your sights. You're, you've got the opening match. What kind of a match is it against Hero? Is it just a one-on-one? Are you going to do something special? You know what? This may sound boring. It is going to be a one-on-one match, but very selfishly, um, I would probably want one of three stipulations. Um, either a two out of three falls, either an Iron Man, or a classic sort of British rounds, two falls, Two submissions or a knockout to a finish. Nice. Uh, and I oh, say boy. those three because those three will hopefully give me the most time in the ring with them. <laughs> Very good Baby point. Well, you deserve Very it, Rick. You deserve it, mate. Yeah, you deserve everything, mate. It's been a fantastic career to follow and you finally reached the pinnacle of it at the moment. I'm sure that there's bigger trees to climb over the next few years and we wish you all the best in pursuing those. Sure. I greatly appreciate you having me uh, on this platform and, uh, 
listening to uh, whatever I got to say. I very much appreciate it. Good on you. You can catch Ricky South and the PWA show this weekend live on Fight TV back at Max Watts. How good is that? Uh, make sure you catch it. And uh, it's been great to have a chat to Ricky South right here on the Turnbuck. Welcome back, part two of the program. And that was the music of Indy Hartwell bringing you a simple talk about her in just one sec. Normally, at this part of the program, gentlemen, Eleni would join us for the super serious news segment. Unfortunately, once again, uh, school has taken its priority with Eleni. So she'll hopefully be with us again next week with some more super serious news. But Jeff and Lyle, I want to hear your thoughts on Indy Hartwell and the fact that she is now an NXT tag team title holder i'm thrilled i'm dead set thrilled i think it's great i think uh ember and shotzi were fantastic but i think uh candace particularly is such a great worker and indy's a fantastic uh counterpoint to her and seeing an more established team in the way win those titles was just it was just a terrific moment I think, you know, you could hear Triple H and, and, and Regal smiling away. Uh, there's some photos already of Triple H up with him and, and he's, he seems very, very happy. And I think they're a good team to sort of be the, the standard bearers of the, of the uh, women's, women's tag division on NXT moving forward. Yeah, no, it, was, it was great, Tony. From seeing Indy come from, you know, PCW, moving your way up to, you know, MCW, obviously, you know, Indy three belts in Australia at one time, RCW champ, MCW champ, um, being booked all over Australia at one time. Um, now, you know, seeing her in a match like that, obviously seeing the win, the Australian pride takes over. We love it. Obviously, we're biased. But that was a brutal match as well. A tag team streak fight, going through ladders, going through – a couple of table spots where the table didn't really want to you know, work with the workers. It would just say that it was a brutal, hard hitting match. I love what Indy does with Candace and Johnny, you know, the way um, she's got such great comedic timing as well. Um, so she adds that element. That's not just the in bell to bell uh, for the whole, is it a faction or a stable, whatever it is, the group, um, one of the things that I really did like seeing Steph Delander slamming on those uh, plexiglass boards while her best friend is winning a title and during the match, obviously. That's such a special moment that, you know, as a wrestling fan, I, I'm not going to forget, but two best friends on the other side of the world chasing their dreams, they're not going to forget it and have your best friend there and share that moment. Uh, it's yeah, it's amazing. It, it was, you know, there's too many words. And, and let's not forget the next week, Bronson Reed is up against Gargano. Now, I reckon he's got a fair shot. So we could have Jonah Rock and Indy Hartwell and, or Bronson Reed holding yeah. NXT gold. And I, that's thrilling. And yeah. that match against 
the match against uh, Gargano at, at, at the takeover was great, but I reckon this this one will be better. I reckon they're going to make, give it a lot more time, and it's probably going to be like a a long main event. Yeah, the Aussies are taking over. You got Rhea on the main roster. You know, there's so much talent here. Like I know Ricky said it in the interview that you know some guys want to stay here and keep building this, building this, but there's some talent out there that are undeniable that they deserve to be on TV on that world stage. So uh, congratulations to Indy and Australian wrestling's looking really good at the minute, Tony. Yeah, it certainly is, Lyle. And you mentioned the Aussies are taking over and it was interesting to see that WWE and a telecommunications company called Mate have launched their Australian digital content series uh, in a announcement made recently wwe's announced the launch of the original digital content series in australia with mate wwe now down under will include tailored digital content across youtube and facebook as well as regional instagram and twitter channels and the wwe's website the series will run with nine weekly episodes with an australian wwe focus including exclusive interviews and behind the scenes content with australian wwe stars that's an amazing start and for me feels very much that the WWE is really now taking Australia seriously as its next home. And yeah. I can only feel that a, a, a UK NXT style is not too far away for Australia. I think it would have to be Australasia because I think, yeah, I mean, this yeah, is a side point. Get, I think you've yeah, got to inc yeah. include New Zealand because they've got some incredible for talent. Sure. Um, I, I think... They need if they're going to do the India thing, which was talked about, and then sort of yes, no, yes, no. Obviously, now it's probably not going to go ahead for a few years. Massive no for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah massive no, as, as you say, Tony. I think that we need they need to look for another territory, and and why not Australia? The the talent here is incredible, and they're seeing that. Yeah, well, they're, them investing in obviously they want to make Australian based content, you know put their foot in the water, you know, obviously our wrestlers, Australian, we're uh, an athletic country by nature. You know, we all grew up playing sport. Uh, our talent can be second to none anywhere. They don't look out of place. Um, the thing I'm more concerned with, Tony, if they're going to make nine, like, episodic yep, you know, mini documentaries yep. or whatever they're doing, we just check our emails. Surely they need some... Australian wrestling experts talking heads on these shows. Tony, is our email guys they, email from WWE already, Australia? Guys, sorry, they've they've already written to me. You you guys are out. What? That doesn't make <laughs> sense, Tony. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense at all, Lyle. You're right. But one thing I will say, one thing I will say about this that, that also adds to it, they're aware that almost the only place in the world right now that can have capacity or 75% crowds is Australia. They can't do that anywhere else. They can't do it in England. They can't do it in America. So they've got to pull the trigger on some kind of Australian brand sooner rather than later. We've been yeah. saying it for six to eight months that they should have just moved the entire WWE over to Australia. Uh, but it just made yeah. sense. They still could have made the television. People in yeah. America weren't going to the, the venues anyway because they couldn't. So they could yeah. have just, they could have had 10,000 to 20,000 people in stadiums here in Australia every show night for six months to eight months. It, it would have just, their people would have been yeah. safe. There wouldn't have been any COVID issues after they served the quarantine period. 
And yeah. all they would have been doing was making television exactly as to what they're doing now. Yeah. Just not in, in America. Yeah. Running, they could have ran small venues for, you know, some of the smaller shows where there's a thousand, a thousand, 800 to a thousand people. Yeah. They would have drawn the crowds all around the country, you know, New Zealand, whether that bubble opened up. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It's, yeah. We, um, we are lucky. We are very lucky. Yeah, we certainly are. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we should also mention too, uh, in, while we're talking about WWE, uh, follow up uh, releasing wrestlers and rehiring wrestlers. What's happening there? Well, well. Yeah, we, went the, we, we went through the releases uh, was it last week or the week before. Yeah. yeah obviously, you know, we're disappointed on some of them. Others are sort of like, well, they've been around for a while. You know, it makes sense, um, especially with the new um, uh, guys coming into the PC. You know, a new class comes in. You've got to get some people off your off your books, I guess. But to bring back, you know, Eva Marie, which is that diva. I don't know. It seems like a step backwards from the women's revolution that. WWE pushed, and I don't, I don't want to make it against Eva Marie because obviously, you know, she wants a contract, she wants to wrestle again. That's great, but it just it doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, as a wrestling fan, you've made those strides to be progressive and outwardly use it as a PR stunt, if you want to say that, and the women's revolution, and then take a step backwards to the. Diva's era seems strange. I think it doesn't augur well for a lot of women wrestlers on the roster because it says we're Mickey James, um, Green, Chelsea Green, uh, even Peyton Royce and Billy Kay are disposable, but but we're going to hire the next the, the previous girl who who was was the fantasy idol. And yeah. it says that those who wrestle and have an accent on the in-ring product, their days are numbered. And I know that's a negative perspective. And I know generally we try and stay positive here on the turnbuckle, but what else, what else can they think? Yeah. I, I don't know. That's as yeah, we're all wrestling fans. I don't know. It, look, see, see how they go, I guess, but I don't know. It doesn't, it's, yeah, mm. it doesn't carry good favor. That's for sure. Mind you, I do I do have one little bit of news for you later uh, that is is not at the moment on the run sheet. So just just let me know and I'll I'll All bring right. it out. It's really good news. I like that. I like that. Uh, AEW blood and guts. Anyone see it? Well, it's tomorrow. Uh, it's, tomorrow it's, is it? Uh, it's, yeah. Well, when well, today. this comes out, it, it'll yeah. Be on, yeah today. So you could give us today. a review, Lyle, like but, you used to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they did have um, the AEW Road to you know the old. UFC style countdown show early this week. I think it was 14 minutes. Perfect. If if you're not hooked on watching this blood and guts uh, show, watch this. 14 minutes on YouTube. It's you know on the AEW channel. You know you got Arn Anderson talking about the first uh, War Games, even though that's copyrighted. They can't say that. Uh, back in the early 80s, you know this going to change men's lives. MJF and Chris Jericho, their battles on the microphone going against each other. I think this was really well done. A 14-minute advertisement 
for this uh, special Dynamite show, Blood and Guts. It's really great storytelling. And if you're not over the line and sold on watching it, watch that 14 minutes. You will not um, be disappointed. I think it's going to be, I think we're going to see something spectacular. I noted in the in the promo last week, and I'm not sure if you guys watched Dynamite last week, but Sean Spears cut a promo, and I think it's one of the best things he's ever done. He spoke yeah. for maybe two minutes, and it was emotional, and it was fantastic. And if that's what he's capable of, I want to see more of that um, yeah. and less of the BS he's been doing up till now because it, it was fantastic. And I'm, I'm pumped yeah. for this. I think it's going to be a great... I think, again, it will be most of the two hours will be the Blood and Guts match. I think they're probably going to go commercial-free, at least for Fight TV viewers, so we'll get the whole thing unedited. And it's just going to be a, a, a great match. I, I think that um, to establish them, I think the Pinnacle have to take it, but it's going to be a great ride. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No doubt. Uh, we should also mention come back locally and talk about uh, DMDU. They've been trending again. On Twitter, pretty heavily, especially all the talk around the uh, the tournament that's coming up. Yeah, well, they had the the um, the show go to IWTV on Monday. Um, you know, at lunchtime our time, so yep. you know, basically prime time for the US viewers. Trending again. Um, you know, I did, I did, I didn't watch the the show. Well, she watched it because he didn't come live. Uh, he said it translated great to TV as usual because it. They do amazing stuff, DMDU. Um, loving what they're doing. The US audiences are loving it, what they're doing. IWTV are loving it. And we've got a double header next month. That heavyweight what? tournament, they're, they're knocking it out of the park at the minute. Can't say, speak highly enough of uh, DMDU at the minute. I'm looking for, so looking forward to this heavy mate, heavyweight tournament. Two, two and a bit weeks, actually, Lyle. And, and I tell you what, it's a pick for who's going to wind up with that belt at the end of the night. You, it could be one of probably all of them. There's a legitimate case for everyone they've named to wind up walking out with the belt. Yeah, uh, I love it. That's, so, yeah, you got Jake Taylor, which we had on last week. You know, all his uh, New Japan experience, Tony. He's going up against UG. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. That's what, that's what I've been loving the most about Deathmatch down under. I'm not the biggest deathmatch guy. I am scared. Make gives me anxiety watching the guys, you know, hurt themselves. But watching two big strong men beat the absolute shit out of each other, I love nothing more. And they've given us some of the best, you know, big hoss fights, um, you know, that we've seen. You know, Tommy Knight versus Gore. It, yeah, big. Yeah, these Semi are round one matches. These are round one. You know, Semi Falcon yeah. and uh, Charlie Evans will be a ripper. Yeah, oh, that's going to be phenomenal as well. You know, and it's all different varieties in the tournament. You know, Je Jess Jessica Troy, she's arguably the best wrestler in the country. Anyone can make that argument for her. And she's Again, up against Punch Drunk in the first round. Yeah, uh, it's, it's one of them's going to lose, which is going to be disappointing. You're not going to see him in the round two, but. There's so much good. I'm looking forward to both nights. My, my sleeper for that first round is Royce against Edward Dust. That yep. is going to be fantastic. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, obviously, Royce is he's on another level. I think Dusk, he's going to be coming in with a point to prove. Yep. You know, every, oh, and he probably knows everyone's going to be looking at Royce 
the darling of Australian wrestling at the minute. They that's got a point to prove. He's got to raise his bar, meet Royce at the top. That's I'm excited. Who's I, in the final, Lyle? Who do you who do you pick for the final? Oh, just just because I love two men beating the shit out of each other, and I haven't got the bracket side. So they might even meet each other before, but I want to see like like Ugg versus Tommy Knight in the main, you know, and they're probably... Yeah, that's possible. That's, that's possible, that, is it? That's you possible, know, mate. You know, or, or you know, not just because we had him on, but, you know, Jake Taylor, you know, stamping his authority on Australian wrestling and, well, you know, well, being a breakout star. Taylor uh, and Ugg is know. the first round. I know, I know. It's like, it's <laughs> so many options. I just... I really do. Just my own personal taste. Oh, I just want to see two giant heavyweights in the final beating absolute piss out of each other for 14, 15 minutes. It doesn't have to go 35 minutes. You know, their, their chests are going to be like minced meat, which the heavyweight big fights that they've had in Deathmatch Down Under have been so far. Mm. Yeah. Tony, who do you think is going to make the final, mate? Oh, look, I... Just looking at the way it all stacks up, it's if Jake Taylor, the winner of Jake Taylor and Caveman Ugg, likely comes up against Jessica Troy in the next round. So that then the winner goes through from that. I'm, I'm just trying to break down who goes where and who comes up against who possibly next. It's so and tough. It it's is so tough. tough. There's yeah. it, the thing is, is that there's going to be 15 quality matches in this tournament. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. From, yeah. from start to finish, 15 absolute mega matches in this tournament. And you can have Royal Rumbles. This is great. This is this yeah. is what... Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. This is, this is what it's it, all about. It, it's showing, and, and they didn't just call this their, their last event for no reason, but DMDU are not here to fuck spiders. They're here to give us good stuff and really entertaining wrestling, and I'm thrilled about it. I yeah. personally think I would love to see Richie Taylor... Versus Royce Chambers in that final because I think that'll be nuts. They'll pull it yeah. all out and they're both great workers and we'll have a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it. We'll uh, talk about we'll talk more about that over the next couple of weeks. I'm sure MCW teasing MCW Fusion. It's a lot of talk, boys. That this will be a, a sort of a showcase, I suppose, for the academy students, along with, of course, a couple of MCW regulars, just to keep the show on the level. Yeah, that's a scuttlebutt on Twitter. Um, you know, obviously PWA do it with their green label stuff. You know, it's the, the obvious next step for them, you know, get the academy kids working in front of, you know, maybe smaller crowds. Um, it, it's good. It's good. I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant on the name. You know, there's already confusion online. You know, MLW Fusion has been a TV show for a few years now. Just dropping the L and putting a C on it. A little bit too confusing for mine. Um, but it is what it is. Let's see where they take it. Um, hopefully, you know, the Academy's been around for a couple of years now. It's time to start seeing some of these Academy kids break out. You know, we've had Bellani, I think Skylar. Not a lot else have come out yet from the homegrown Academy kids. You know, you got Tyson and Jet. And Royce, but you know, to be honest, they they were already wrestling before they got to the academy uh, on big shows and stuff. So, yeah, if this is another step getting academy kids more experience, 
to get him big show ready, if you want to call it that. Yeah, obvious next step. Mm, it's certainly yeah, I agree. I think they could they could present some interesting product with those kids. Yeah, all right. Uh, we should also mention two guys. Uh, COVID still having massive issues over there in uh, New Japan Wrestling. Yeah, I believe that they've they've had to change several matches uh, for the Don Taku shows, um, sadly. And I think that, you know, I, I don't like to say this, but I think they need to shut it down until everything is clear in Japan. I, yeah. You know, it's, it's not a nice thing to say because NJPW have been such a great flag bearer for, for good, strong style wrestling over the last, you know, 40 years. But... Maybe it's time they, they took another pause again until it's all gone. Yeah. Uh, Olympic, Olympics in 10 no... weeks, boys. Yeah, it's, the Olympics. Yeah. That still Surely blows my not. mind that that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> maybe they should have moved the Olympics here. Uh, but, yeah, you know, from the, the, the other night, uh, Okada, Suzuki, Desperado, Kanemaru, Sho and Yo were all taken off the show last minute. Um, and since then, two wrestlers have tested positive for COVID. They haven't released the names. So, obviously, it's very touch and go with New Japan at the minute. Um, but on the bright side, it's different than the 80s where 30 wrestlers would test positive for cocaine. So, we're in a better <laughs> better position. Well, uh, yeah. It was the 80s. Probably everyone was <laughs> testing positive for cocaine back then. The only... There was a positive of, you know, matches being scrapped from the card, which meant uh, Will Ospreay and Shingo Takagi... They had to go 45 minutes in an epic battle. Um, it was fucking, it was amazing. It was so. If you're gonna, you gotta take the negatives, but you, I, we like to look at the positives here. Uh, Will Osprey retaining over Shingo, and you know they had, you know, one of the best matches of the year already. The rematch. Hey guys, sorry, we need you guys to go 45 minutes to fill the card out because look at the names that have been sent home, you know, for uh, COVID tests. Um, so that was the, a positive of it, I guess. Go back and watch it. You're not going to be disappointed. 45 minutes of hard hitting. You already know what Will Ospreay and Shingo bring to the table. Whatever you're thinking, it was that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I saw a clipped version. I saw a 10-minute version. And I'm going to go tonight and watch the full thing because it was absolutely incredible. And, and they, just, they just have chemistry. It's that 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 weird thing. It's like anyone fighting Ishii on the G1 and Osprey and Takagi, just so much chemistry. It's fantastic to see. Yeah, definitely. All right. I'm going to try and get through uh, the upcoming event. Before you do, Tony. Yes, oh, sorry, Jeff, that's right. You've got something for us. My big news, it wasn't mentioned earlier, and I think it should be. There was a WWE former champion who has made his return to the ring on main event Against Jeff Hardy, he beat him. Jinder Mahal's back, baby. Woo! What? Yeah. Jinder. Jinder's don't back. Hind- don't hinder the Jinder. Don't How hinder. How was that Jinder. not on the run sheet? Jeez. Fucking Welshy again. Yeah. I thought you'd be over the moon to hear this, guys. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> fist pump. Pumping our fists. We're pumping Ooh. our fists. It's not a. Not a video medium, but we're pumping our fists. <laughs> now stick with me, folks, because we've got that much wrestling happening around Australia this weekend that this is a segment on its own. Upcoming events, Friday, May the 7th, AWF Pro Wrestling Smackdown in Blacktown. PCW All-In Battle Royale in Ferntree Gully and Adrenaline Pro Wrestling. 
Breakout 22 in Seaford. Saturday, May the 8th, SHWA Power Up at the Cannington Exhibition Centre. QWA Rockhampton presents Mayhem on May the 8th at the Indoor Sports Centre. UPW are at the Caboolture, uh, are in Caboolture South for Caboolture 13. PWA Black Label presents uh, Velo Velocities, Velo Cities, good on you, Tony. Uh, <laughs> Velocities versus Aussie Open, returning to Mac, Max Watts. You can cop that live on Fight TV. FWA, Rise of the Future in Dural. MCW, New Horizons at the Thornbury Theatre. And then on Sunday, the 9th of May, Future Wrestling host Rise of the Future in Sydney. I didn't realise we had that many wrestlers around Australia. There's so much wrestling this week. That is so. huge. It's massive. That's good. It's good. We got crowds back. It's it's, it's great a good to time to be a wrestling fan in Australia. Yeah, you know, there's so many the Velo Cities. They must be thrilled. The Velo oh, Cities. Looking forward to them. Looking forward to them. Hey, uh, if they, Jeff. If, the, if they're not on TV uh, in the next couple of years, Ricky South's going to be very, very, very disappointed. Off. He is. Hey, Jeff, thank you so much for reminding us how good this show is without Welsh on it. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. <laughs> Had a lot of fun tonight. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll catch up uh, really soon. And if not before, I'll see you both. Oh, I'll see you, Lyle, at the uh, DMDU, um, DMDU doubleheader. Can't wait. Definitely. Good idea. Catch you soon, buddy. See you, Lyle. See you, mate. And we'll see you soon right here on the Turbuckle.